brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Okay. So, uh, let's see. Let me scroll down. Do you want to walk over and talk to her? <laughs> Even without me looking up, I can see you. Number 33? No. 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 We are now at 33. We, yeah. we start 33 today. We start today, yeah. Okay. 
So, <clears throat> class thirty three. You do the Piao Walker. You sang yeah. So, uh, in the earlier verses, we went through, uh, we covered uh, once more the how uh, evoking bodhicitta, uh, how it can help. And then last week, we went through the, the two different categories. Yeah. We went through the uh, what is that? Fanao uh, Zhang and Shu Zhi Zhang. You know, remember? Fanao uh, Zhang and Shu Zhi Zhang. The the and it relates to these two the earlier two verses. Yeah. The yes, the moon and then the sun. Yeah. So one is referring to the dispelling of the defilements. The other one is uh, that uh, that um, the ignorance which Arahans and the Patrika Buddha would have. Yeah, but that kind of ignorance is uh, different from that of a uh, unenlightened being. Yeah. Uh, we have ignorance, but the kind of ignorance we have uh, leads to suffering. Arahans and Panchaka Buddhas have removed that. Yeah, but having removed that, uh, they are they they still um, within the Mahana teachings. We say that they do not encompass the full uh, wisdom as that of a Buddha. Yeah. As far as removal of defilements is concerned, as far as far as removal of attachment is concerned, yeah, same, same as that of uh, the Buddha. So here, <coughs> verse thirty-three, Yu Zhu Piao Boke. Who is this? Who are the Piao Boke? Who are the ones who is drifting around? Us. Uh, we are the one who is drifting around now. Yeah. Huh? Uh, it's oh no no, I'm also drifting around. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I kick a bit harder. <laughs> or maybe because every week I kick quite a few times. Yeah. So some of you maybe attend a few classes here and there, so you also kick a few times. Yeah. Then on top of that, uh yeah. Uh, we have our own own learning and practices, uh, so we kick a few more times. So move a move a bit, maybe you know, more consistently, a bit more, a bit, just a bit. <laughs> mm. uh, last time when people asked me uh, why I choose to become a monk or how I become a monk. Uh, over the years, I tell different stories. Not that I lie, uh, but I start to relate to the whole 
process slightly differently. Yeah. And I start to see that uh, there were different factors involved. Yeah. Um, so I would say that everything involved is responsible. But one of the things that uh, I want to highlight today is how, for me, uh, it was a matter of realizing that, unlike you all, I'm quite lazy. Yeah, unlike you all, I'm quite lazy. Uh, because after the first novice retreat, and I went back uh, to work, then every day I would do some practices at puja. I even dragged my mom to do one curl with me. So I'll do that for maybe a few weeks. Then after a few weeks, long set. <laughs> yeah. Not that I stopped being a Buddhist. Yeah, I continue to read Dharma books. I continue to attend talks when there are talks. And I even went for some classes here and there. Uh, but I felt that that was insufficient. Yeah. So the following year I went again. And again after the retreat, uh, I was super energetic for a few weeks. Yeah. At most maybe coming to a month. Then again after that, back to normal. Yeah. Business as usual. Uh, work, uh, computer games, uh, dating, uh, hang out with friends, go for my rollerblade, attend Dharma class, meditation class. Uh, I think there was one or two retreats here and there. But to me, that was insufficient. Yeah. So, uh, in a way, I felt that, yeah, if I had continued, then I would not amount to anything in terms of my spiritual progress. Yeah. So uh, it's because I realize that I'm lazy. Yeah. So I must I must do something about it. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> so uh, as long as we are not enlightened, we are drifting around. Yeah. Perhaps we differ in terms of where we drift to. Yeah, we may differ in terms of the intensity that we drift. Uh, but this Tiaoguo curve, the curve, yeah, we are we are gas, you know. We don't own the place. We don't own samsara. Now we are born a human being. We feel like we are human. Yeah? Do you all feel like you are human? Say yes. No, we feel very human, isn't it? Yeah? Then, depending on your, on your birth, you may feel like you're a man, you're a woman, you're this, you're that. You feel like, yeah, yes, I'm this, I'm that. But uh, even, even our gender, even our roles, everything, everything in our life, we are actually guests. Even this body, we don't own it. Yeah? We use it temporarily. Yeah, we use it temporarily. We don't own the, anything in the world, really. Conventionally, we do. Conventionally, uh, this is uh, this is my T-shirt. That's my house. This is my phone, and so on. Yeah, conventionally, but in reality, you don't really own anything. Yeah. So, uh, 
In other words, sentient beings who is drifting along in samsara. So to those who wish to uh, who to enjoy, to experience uh, the happiness of marriage, uh, to have uh, to to this full uh, if we translate as merits, then that means to, in other words, to enjoy the fruits of good karma. Yeah. So, or if you want to say, uh, for someone who is drifting along, and you just want to have some happiness, yeah, some merits and happiness, then what happened? This, again, what is this thing? Uh, throughout the sutra, all over is about this Puti thing, Bodhicitta. Yeah. Not just ordinary uh, happiness, but it can enable those who are wandering through samsara are the most supreme happiness. The most supreme happiness. Of course, there's a bit of a paradox here, because in order to have this uh, bodhicitta, you must you must not be thinking about yourself. <laughs> you, uh, your intent to attain Buddhahood has to be grounded in the wish, the very pure intent to uh, liberate sentient beings. Yeah. But at the same time here it says that uh, if you have this, it can satisfy you. Yeah. If you have this mindset, this bodhicitta, it will fulfill you. Yeah you will be satisfied. And in fact, it can uh, cause you to uh, remain in the greatest, the supreme happiness. The supreme happiness. Today was very interesting. I had two families visit me. Uh, in the afternoon, in the morning, there was a mother who brought the kids over visit me. Then in the afternoon, another mother brought the son, and then brought the, uh, the mother brought her sister also, and then her sister brought her, I think it's maybe foster child, yeah, or maybe got, got son or something. <coughs> and then the mother also brought another Dhamma friend. Yeah, so well, quite a party in the afternoon. So the godson is uh, is a, a Thai, yeah, very young chap, um, very bright looking. Yeah. So he's going to study in Singapore. Uh, he's a Thai. Uh, he is a Thai, and as with all Thais, you would think that he's a Buddhist. So his whole family are all Buddhist, but he studied in a Catholic school, and he became a Catholic. So then later in the conversation, of course, you know me, I will not <laughs> let it pass. Uh. Not that I grill him. I told him very clearly, I'm, I'm not going to convert you or anything. Yeah. So anyway, 
he shared with me uh, that the that his friends didn't uh, his friends in the school didn't try to convert him actually. It is that he took out the Bible and he read it, and then he find that okay, yeah, quite good. Yeah, and even more importantly, later on we talk about beliefs. Yeah, then he said no, actually I, he don't believe in he don't believe in the Creator God, but he says that uh, he finds that their teaching on doing good deeds. Yeah, he he like that. Yeah, so he said yeah, I I become a Catholic. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, you have made your choice. I'm not going to try to convince you to come back or anything. But later on, as I talked to uh, the other boy, yeah, the mother's son, then after that, he had a question to ask me. So yeah, he asked me, how can I be happy? So oh, that's a good question. Whereas the son was asking me, uh, is there a hell? Uh? So how do we go there? Is there a portal that we can go in? I was like, these are questions that, how do I put it? Yeah, it's like if you go to school and ask your physics teacher, hey, I read about uh, the Andromedia uh, star cluster. How do we go there? Can we go there? Can I go there? Then how do we know that it's there? <laughs> you know? So the question was very interesting. Yeah, how to have happiness? 13 year old boy, you know? Yeah, 13 year old boy. Even a young child knows to have happiness. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked him about what if he is not happy with. Yeah. So he says sometimes his friends make him unhappy, sometimes his father, sometimes his family. Yeah. And if you think about it, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Strangers who do, whom you never meet cannot make you unhappy usually. Yeah. yeah. Those whom you don't interact with, either directly or indirectly, cannot make you unhappy. Uh, unless they make someone that you are fond of unhappy, now then you may be unhappy. Yeah. So, <coughs> how to have contentment? How to be happy? So anyway, I shared with him some of the teachings. Yeah. Then after that he said, oh, Okay. Then he said, he said, uh, but how about my father? Why did like he he's very simple. He says because his father don't agree with to let him do certain things, so he's unhappy. I said, yeah, okay. So I used the Laksa teaching with him from the Heart Sutra. And then after listening, he said, yeah, okay. He he understand. Yeah, he can understand that. To understand how his father is not um, not always this or that, yeah. And then most interestingly, he said, "Okay, I want to bring this back and tell my father." So, Ling Zhu Zui Shen Le Bodhicitta. Now, Bodhicitta uh, at the get go. It's about the wish to attain enlightenment, so that you can liberate all sentient beings. Yeah? Uh, but the full extent of it is not just um, having this wish. Yeah? Because to become perfectly enlightened, you need to 
bring to perfection all the various qualities. If we just look at the six perfections, starting from giving, precepts, patience, effort, concentration and wisdom. Now these are actually actually qualities that um, we see on a day-to-day basis. But to bring to perfection, uh, that is not easy. Yeah? How to bring all that to perfection, that is not easy. So, uh, Bodhicitta is not just a nice idea, oh, I want to liberate all sentences. And that's why, if you consider the full extent of it, then it makes more sense why uh, it is able to uh, enable sentient beings to abide in the most supreme happiness. Uh, a lot of wisdom involved. Yeah, a lot of wisdom involved. Uh,其中为为上宾,呃,言呢,就是言呢,sorry,言中,言中为为上宾,呃,这是,言,言,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃,呃
and wishing for them all to that they all can uh, be uh, to rejoice in it, to be happy with it.
confirm with Kuntek again, either 10 or 12 lessons. Okay. <clears throat> so the third chapter, any any thoughts? Oh yeah, so I was, uh, I feel that uh, the, uh, to make the class uh, more, in a way, tangible, uh, good to have some, um, what do you call it, prescriptive practices. Yeah, uh, prescriptive practices. Yeah, so, uh, oh, oh, all of you, some of you are not all, some of you look so quite stressed. <laughs> See. Yeah. So, for example, if I just tell you all to go and ah, far Buddhism, just that is very, very broad and very big. So it doesn't tell you specifically what to do. Yeah. So prescriptive means tell you exactly what you have to do. Uh, so it's, it's that's what we call prescriptive. So, uh, in a way, it's prescriptive, but in a way, it's not that prescriptive, in the sense that. So, uh, a few times a week, uh, try to find something to help people. Yeah. Try to see how you can be of service to someone. Yeah. At least once a week, at least. Yeah. Then when we reach, uh, when we reach chapter 5, well, it has to be at least twice a week. Then chapter six, three times a week. Chapter four, uh, chapter seven, five, six, seven. Then four times more. Well, slowly increase. By the time we reach chapter ten, every day find someone to help. Help of one. Huh? Help of one. Help anything. Oh, also can. <laughs> uh, also can. Yeah. Exactly. Don't think too complicated. Uh, because we uh, and, and it's to bring bring the teachings into uh, into our day to day reality. Uh, um, it can even be with your family, can be your colleagues, can be a stranger, can be anyone. Yes. Should we jot it down? So ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jot it down. Jot it down. When I say that do it once a week, doesn't mean that you must do it once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yesterday help someone, the next day you meet the same auntie, auntie look at you, hey morning. <laughs> there you good morning, yeah. But I'm sorry, I made my quota already. <laughs> yeah. uh, yesterday you stand up for someone, then the next day someone or you know uh, in the evening going back home, then someone uh, they want to ask for look for Sit, uh, then you say, I'm sorry, but I meet my quota. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, writing it down is actually a very interesting process. A very interesting exercise. Uh, it is. Uh, it makes it tangible. Yeah. Uh, not so much to make yourself accountable for the exercise. Uh, I have. I have visited many uh, families, and when I ask them 
whether the parents, you know, the parents are ill or anything, and I ask them, uh, can you think of anything that is positive, anything that your parents have done that you think is good? It, they drew blank. A lot of them drew blank. Yeah. Um, because they are not sure or they, they don't know what it means by doing good. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting that any of you is going to die anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, but um, even if we uh, go away from the statistical truth or, or fact that you know death is certain, but even on a day-to-day basis, if we uh, if we put in the effort and is made aware of the kind of good that we have been doing, um, it can actually give us a more um, wholesome view of the world, not just about ourselves. Yeah. In fact, some of you have uh, over the past uh, two three months uh, been texting me, yeah, on and off about the, the encounters you all have in your life. Yeah. And I will tell you it's very heartwarming to, to read the encounters you all have. Yeah. And how just a very minor change in the mindset can make a huge difference. Yeah, can make a huge difference. Uh, I recall one incident was about uh, was it a dollar note or two dollar? Huh? A dollar. A dollar. Uh, is, it, is it okay to share? Yeah, would you like to share? <coughs> okay. Um, I have a family home in JP, and um, I visit my mother um, once a week, and when I'm there, I will uh, bring her out for meals. So we go to our favorite uh, laksa store. <laughs> And uh, uh, so when it comes to paying for the meal, I, my mother took out some notes, mm-hmm. and then or she handed me some notes, and then... Uh, oh, oh wait, sorry. Would you like to use the mic so that... Uh, it's recorded. Yeah. So when I was paying for the meals, I, my mother handed me a bunch of notes. So I saw one note was, uh, one ringgit was torn and uh, the instinct is to get rid of it mm. uh, because I know that note is useless mm. uh, to get a change from the bank is such a big matter so I quickly kind of uh, hit the one dollar note among the other notes and just give to the uh, seller so she thanked us and then she left but after a while I felt really bad mm. because the, the, there was a clear intention of disadvantaging the seller because she probably can't use her notes. Uh, so I told my mother that I think we I, I, I should have given her that note. Then my mother said, but if you if you uh, I said I want to um, go back and uh, give her a proper note. She said then uh, we will be disadvantaged by keeping the broken notes. So mother said that and then I felt um, not, not very good but I didn't want to criticize so I say anything so I just left mm-hmm. and I went to the seller and I said I give you a broken note I know that is uh, 
intentionally and I know you can use it, so let me change the this look for you. So she was very surprised and very happy and she rummaged her troll and found that broken note and I gave it back. So then I just uh, returned to my seat and I told my mother, yeah, I think this is a, this is a better way to start the day. Then my mother keeps saying, then how? I say it's only a dollar a ringgit, don't worry about yeah. it. Um, but I felt an immense uh, joy, yes, that I did the right thing. Um, that sensation is quite uh, very difficult to describe what it is. It's just that you know you have done something right and you have seen the expression from somebody else's face. And despite your mother's uh, disagreement, you stood firm. Mm. So I, 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 I felt there was almost a tear coming out of my eye that uh, such a little thing uh, could have made me uh, feel so happy. And of course, immediately I thought of you and congratulations um, towards your teaching. And uh, when I went home, I sent the text. So that was the experience. Um, I took a photo of the one dollar note and I kept it <laughs> to remind me that uh, although it's only equivalent of 30 cents Singapore, but that experience, uh, it's a difficult, um, it's a difficult act. Most people will protect their own interests. Um, more than uh, others. Of course, there are more questions that comes up on the mind. What if it is a hundred dollars? What if it is a thousand? Those questions went unanswered. <laughs> it depends. So let's see if there's a, uh, another situation, but with a bigger quantum. Uh, let's see how I will respond. So I, I left that open. For now, I, I rejoice that I did that. And thank you very much. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Yeah, and, uh, and my computer is going crazy. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, that day when I received the, the text, as I was reading it, I was like, wow, that's, that's very... Uh, it was very heartwarming to, to read. Yeah, I have to know. Yeah. And um, and perhaps precisely because it was a dollar note that or a, a ringgit if you will, that made a lot of difference. Because most people will think I ah, one dollar, you know, uh, it's okay. Uh, that it's okay that the person have to deal with that one dollar note. Yeah. But when when we see the 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 difference in that one dollar. It is just like how another devotee tells me that uh, now when he goes out, oh, I'm very busy. Uh. But he keeps looking on the floor whether there are ants. <laughs> and it, sometimes it's the awareness. He says that now, now it seems like all over there are a lot of ants. Uh. Yeah? And it is this awareness. And to me, this is a very beautiful thing. 
that you no longer think oh, it's just a dollar, it is just an end. Yeah. And then you start to see that yeah, these are these are not not trivial. Yeah. So I uh, yeah, so I'm sure all of you have your encounters and uh, here and there. While we may not actively like keep count of, oh, today I did this, tomorrow I did that, yeah, but it's actually a good exercise. Yeah, you can write it on a piece of, uh, in a small booklet, or you can just text me. Yeah, I'll help you out to collate. Mm. Help you out to collate. And you see, uh, one one good intent, one good deed, then brought joy uh, when I read it. And now when I hear it again, I feel joy again. Yeah? Do you all feel joy? Say yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, don't tell me. <laughs> I, I, I don't think any of you don't, don't feel joy. Uh. Yeah? Uh, so, Again, when I, when I just think about the fact that we feel joy over it, then I'm reminded of the Buddha's teaching on doing good deeds. He says, when a person do think of doing good deeds, he feels joy. When he's doing it, he feels joy. And after that, when you think about it, he feels joy again. Yeah? And each time you think about it, you feel joy again. <laughs> free, free, free joy. Yeah, free joy. <coughs> This is linked to another practice, which is part of the Bodhisattva path. Yeah. While the Bodhisattva cares for other sentient beings, uh, the Bodhisattva is confident of himself as well. He knows that he is worthy. Yeah. He is a wholesome. He or she is a wholesome being. Yeah. He or she has this and that quality, and if he or she has not reached the that maturity, then he also knows ah I have this flaw or that weaknesses. Yeah. But for those areas where he has uh, he has cultivated, he knows clearly ah I am worthy in this way. I am wholesome in this way. When we do metta meditation, uh, loving kindness uh, and compassion, yeah. Uh, Many times the practice starts off with wishing for yourself to be well and happy, isn't it? Uh, I recall a conversation with uh, Bhante Sumaluka. He's a rather elderly uh, monk, 70 over years old. But until today, even though I already know for so many years, when I see him, I still cannot believe that he's 70 over years old. Because he really don't look like he's 70 years old. Both his demeanor, not that he's like, like, um, like a small kid, you know, but he his, he has this energy, you know, about him. Just like as Bhante Dhammaratana is. Yeah. Uh, so there was once he told me this. He said, um, for many people, there is a sense of self uh, reproach, a sense of self even loathing for some. They are feeling that they are not good enough. That they are they are unworthy in this way or that way. 
what is the outcome of this? The outcome is that he says uh, he has met many individuals and counseled many individuals who unconsciously uh, jeopardize their own happiness. Unconsciously do things that actually bring themselves stress and unhappiness. Yeah, because they, they continually don't feel that they are worthy, that they are wholesome enough to deserve happiness. So, um, doing the, the, the exercise can help us to calibrate our self-worth. It is not about building up our ego for go around, take out this checklist, hey, we will go, <laughs> no. Yeah, but it's to factually uh, and very matter-of-factly recognize that, yeah, we are worthy. We have this strength and we have these weaknesses. I have done good. Yeah, I deserve a good night's sleep. Yeah. yeah, there are things I cannot solve yet. There are problems in my, my life. But I have done good. I deserve a good night's sleep. This person is abusive to me. I have done good. I don't deserve to. Maybe in the past I have done evil. Yeah, but I repent. But if I would try to help this person to to see a different way of relating to me. I don't have to keep bearing with this. I think this is a more wholesome way to approach life. Yeah. And it shouldn't have to wait until we are stage 10 Bodhisattva, then, then we, wow, yes, I can do this. Yeah. It comes from uh, the whole process. There's nothing from now. Yeah. So, uh, start the Today is Thursday, yeah. So let this be the start. Uh, uh, as I said, um, I'm sure all of us here and there help people. Last time, note it down. Yeah, write down the 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 deed that you have done. And then you can also consider the the intent behind. And then also perhaps note the reaction the outcome and the reaction. <coughs> so, chapter 4, in English is awareness, yeah, but uh, the Chinese translation, means not to slack, yeah, not to slack. <coughs> yeah, quite different. Huh? From Chinese, the, the, the translation is actually not to slack. Fang Yi means slack. Sounds like more chapter 3. Uh, sounds more like chapter 3. Yeah. Not to slack. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why the, the thing is like that, but the, the text itself uh, seems to be linked up. So, what does it correspond to the phrases? Uh, does it correspond to the rest of the phrases? The phrases are uh, uh, like, yeah. But not to slack. Huh? Does the phrases under chapter 4? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first, the, the, you see, the first two verses, 佛子既如是, 坚持菩提心, 
呃，恒情勿懈怠，啊，莫为诸学处。啊 ，so this this word here， 懈怠。懈怠 is another way of saying to slack. Yeah， 放逸懈怠。呃、uh, ，we can 呃、uh, also understand 放逸 as to To allow ourselves to do as we please,、uh, and usually it's to slack.、Uh, yeah. So together with this phrase is another word called lantuo. Lantuo, I think all of us, even the most kantang, should know. Lantuo、uh, means to be lazy. Yeah. So these two words,、uh, as I've heard from my learned from my teacher before, these two words, they 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 sometimes come as a pair. Lantuo xie dai. Yeah, lazy and to slack. Yeah. So he says that the distinction is when a person is lazy, that means the person is not practicing to begin with, not cultivating to begin with. But when a person is sietai to slack, it means he was he or she was cultivating, but now、uh, due to whatever reasons, tiredness, repetition, and so on. Then he decide. Okay, I I take a break for a while.、Uh, so, uh, if if your friend says that you have been slacking, uh, actually, both praising you and scolding you, <laughs> and rep reprimanding you, praising you, meaning, uh, because in the past you have been practicing, but now you are slacking. Yeah, now you are slacking. So that's a, that difference.、Uh, if you can, don't lean against the wall. Yeah, are you is your back? No, no back issue. Ah, then don't lean against the wall. Sit further away from the wall. Words, just like so. The, uh, the I'm gonna I'm not gonna translate as child of the Buddha,、uh, but the dis disciple of the Buddha. Yeah. But having said that, having said that,、uh, in the Sutta, the Buddha sometimes refer to the disciples as sons of the second Sakyan clan. Yeah, daughters of the second clan. Yeah.、Uh, so this expression has its roots. Back in India, so if you take that literally, then sons of Buddha. But what? Who are the true,、uh, true sons or daughter? Who are the true children of the Buddha? Bodhisattva.、Uh, so in the in the various teaching, including sutras and commentaries, then it describes、um, if a person. Were to、uh, were to learn from the Buddha, but only learn to become a heavenly being, then that's not the true heir of the Buddha. Yeah, why? Because the Buddha is a Buddha, then you just become a heavenly being. Yeah, never strive for for enlightenment. So you never inherit everything that the Buddha can actually impart to you. If you strive to be 
to be enlightened. Sutapana, Sakadagami, Anagami, and even Arahanthood. Uh, there's something wrong. Huh? Uh, but from the Bodhisattva path point of view, you are, you, are, you are a child, but not a full child. Why? Because you only inherit part of the gift. Yeah? You only inherit part of the inheritance. Why? Because the Buddha is a Buddha. He's able to teach you to become one as well. Why do you just, be, you know, don't go for the full thing? Yeah. The full potential. Yeah. So here, if we consider that, then Zi, referring to those who uh, embrace this whole uh, path. Yeah. What do they do? Zi, ji wu si. Uh, in other words, those who are on this uh, Bodhisattva path, those who have invoked Bodhicitta, um, what do they do? They will do this. Yeah, the Bodhisattvas, they will they will uphold and persevere in this Bodhicitta. From this, you can see the, the uh, effort and the strength of the Bodhisattva. But at the same time, then it also says something about the path. It is not trivial. Yeah, it is not trivial. Uh, a student has to persevere to, to maintain his grades. Uh, a student don't have to persevere to fail his exams. Wow, oh, I tried very hard. I maintain my failure. You don't need to maintain. Uh. To fail, you don't need to maintain. It is only when you uh, want to strive for excellence. Yeah. Earlier on, we talked about yeah. To drift around, you don't have to maintain. Yeah. You, will, you just drift around. Yeah. So, so uh, always diligent. And not slacking. Always diligent and not slacking. And does not go against all the various uh, learnings. So this Xue Chu, earlier on, uh, I mentioned about the, the Sun Xue, the three learnings, uh, Sila, Samadhi, and Panya, the precepts. Uh, concentration and wisdom. Yeah. So there's I have uh, found another set. Yeah. So a lot of different sutras they list out a lot of different sets are. So uh, and of course some sutras says that actually innumerable learnings. Yeah. So here I share with you all another set. <coughs> Why? Because there's this basis. Pusa yu he tsu xue. So this is additional, this is not inside your text. So So firstly, to benefit yourself, secondly, to benefit others.
In other words, firstly, to, to work on your own defilements, then secondly, to help others work on their defilements. I'm just giving you all, sharing with you in brief. Yeah, otherwise this seven can be a series by itself. So this Zhen Shi Yi is a technical term or yong means it's a it's a special term. Yeah. In many sutras you see this phrase Zhen Shi Yi. So this is very interesting because uh, this the way to express this Zhen Shi Yi in Yogacara school, this is found frequently. Yeah. So, um, <coughs> uh, if if we just if I just give you the meaning, it basically means ultimate reality. Ultimate reality. Zhenshi. Reality. Yeah. So to penetrate into the uh, essence of ultimate reality. So, for example, in many teachings, we learn about how oh, to see things as they are. Yeah, for example. Okay, but don't you see things as they are? Uh, you come, you, you look at the uh, MRT sign, so you get off at Arjunian MRT, then you walk over. Okay, I see things as they are, ma. <laughs> but so, uh, we, through the teachings, then we learn, ah, okay. That is, that is one layer of, uh, of uh, truth. Uh, but beneath all this, beneath all this, there's another layer, which is how, although now when we look in, in this classroom, there are tables and chairs. Okay, are there tables? Oh, there's a small stool and table, there's this small box that we use as a table. There are human beings here, man and woman. There are different human beings of different ages, uh, different dressing and so on. So it seems like there's a lot of different things, things here. Yeah, but underneath this, there's a common uh, feature among us, which is that we are all impermanent. In part in the Pali Canon, uh, in Theravada teaching, we call that Universal characteristic. Universal characteristic. So this is the ultimate reality. That uh, while we all have differences, but we have this common feature among us. We are all impermanent. And being impermanent, uh, we change according to conditions. Changing at according to conditions, this is uncertain. And this uncertainty leads to suffering. This is also true for our existence. <coughs> Why? Because we have attachment. We have expectations. We have this tendency to wish for it to be certain. Why is it that we wish for it to be certain? Because we don't truly know that it's uncertain feels quite certain, wake up, see yourself in the mirror, same person, quite certain. 
Yeah. Yesterday is the same. This person tomorrow still the same person. Yeah. So day after day, over the years, I start to realize that of the three impressions we have, painful, pleasant, neither painful nor pleasant. The painful and pleasant feelings or impressions or sensations we have tend to draw our attention. But the one that really hook us in is the neither painful nor pleasant ones. Why? Because the painful ones is suffering. So we, we want to remove it. The pleasant one leads to grief. So although we don't want to remove it, we know that intellectually, uh, through our wisdom, we know uh, cannot touch this also. But the neither painful nor pleasant one, we, we don't know what's going on now. And so we're quite okay, can. And we feel like uh, through, through this third experience, which is most of our day-to-day -day experience, uh, we grow attachment because we get used to it. When you see, look at yourself in the mirror, not much really, nothing exceptional. So through our eyes, we have neither painful nor pleasant experience. So further, the change itself is too subtle for us to detect. So we, we, we think that there's certainty in this, but in fact, it's uncertain. So this uncertainty is a common feature among us also. This uncertainty leads to suffering is also common. But if we can see clearly, then we will not have the false expectation for it to be certain. Then you will not lead to suffering. That's why I kind of disagree with the, with the translation of the Four Noble Truth, Life is Suffering. Yeah? In some books, you see the First Noble Truth. Uh, first Noble Truth that the Buddha taught, Life is Suffering. <laughs> I don't agree. The Buddha was alive. He didn't suffer. So how can you say that life is suffering? Life is not always suffering. If, it's, if life is suffering, then life must suffer. Then Arahants must suffer also. Then we must destroy the world. The only way is to just destroy all the world. <laughs> Huh? Life by itself, yeah. once we can see it clearly, it's not suffering. The problem is that we don't see it clearly. Yeah. So this ultimate reality, we don't see it clearly, and we, we still hold on to it, and leading to eventually our dissatisfaction, our fear and anxiety. Because the change sometimes like this, sometimes like that. So a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, worry. Yeah. And the, the interesting thing about the Dharma is that it is not saying, oh, economic crisis, then there's uncertainty. It is not saying that when we fall sick, then there's uncertainty. It is when we are healthy, it's also uncertain. When you are when you have a job, it's also uncertain. Even now we're having a class, this is uncertain. Suddenly, oh, I have a stroke, die. 
<laughs> Isn't it? I, I don't think I have ever met anyone who, who fell sick or like who, who had a stroke. And after that, let's say they recover then, and you ask them, like, oh, do you know if you was going to have a stroke? Yeah, I know. Oh, you mean like there was some sign? No, no, no. I know that that day I'm going to have a stroke. Ah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I know 359, I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> Nobody knows. Most of us don't know our body that well. And we're not in control. So when enough of, enough of the conditions come together, now switch off, <laughs> stroke. And then you can have a stroke. So if we can see the see the reality, then we will also see that um, our our delusion uh, our delusion includes the the wrong view that there's an I that there's a permanent entity that was the same when we were young until we are uh, in our 20s, until now where we are. Yesterday, as I was sharing the Yukachara Pumisastra, ah, uh, yeah, there's this part about our attachment. Yeah. And it's not that you consciously sit down and I'm attached to this, but it's just a very innate, almost like a built-in feeling that Whatever I've done or experienced in the past, that's me. All this is me, me, me. All about me. Yeah. We have this tendency. Yeah. So, uh, this, this is also uh, covered in ultimate reality. That conventionally, there's you and me. Ma. If you say no, you and me, then we are the same. No, we are not the same. Right? But yet, ultimately, uh, what we think of as I and you and me and he and she is not what we think it is. There is that uh, if we apply the teachings from uh, Madhavika, then we say that conventionally, when there are conditions, there's I, there's you. But that condition is changing all the time. So the so-called I is always changing and the so-called you is always changing also. The relationship between you and I is also changing. And to me, uh, you all will realize, you all will see in the Hasutra class, uh, this is the part where I draw the, a strong, uh, strong point of implication. Because ultimately, for many of us, our sense of I uh, has its strongest impact when we relate to others. If you are at home by yourself, you can have all the ego you want, and who cares about <laughs> Yeah? You know what I mean? By, by yourself, you have big ego, big ego, <laughs> that's your problem. Yeah. But in our day-to-day -day life, the manifesting of our ego is most prominent when interacting with others. Yeah. So if you can 
conceptually we say uh, take your ego out of the equation in the in the other class I also mentioned this example about how when I or was it in this class I last week did I mention about work example no maybe SGT yeah. so I shared that take yourself out of the equation oh, the whole working environment change yeah. but then the, the trouble is how to do that yeah. does it mean that there was an eye and then I removed the eye or does it mean that there's no eye to begin with yeah. so ultimate reality the Buddhist Sattva would uh, learn the teachings and then investigate again and again and again yeah, to have a full picture of this yeah. and in this way then it supports the first two further yeah. you want to benefit yourself you want to benefit others you work on your own defilements and then through number three as you penetrate into ultimate reality then you ah, empowers you further then number four li power so if we were to refer to the uh, five powers, yeah, the five powers would be Sing, Zing, Nian, Ding, Hui, Yi. Hey, can you hear from downstairs? Huh? Can you hear? Oh, long, long. Okay, don't see it there, see that. <laughs> oh, but you can subscribe to the podcast. Eh? So the first is faith, second is energy, third is mindfulness, fourth is concentration, and fifth is wisdom. The five powers. If you search through all the Bodhisattva teachings or even the Shravaka teachings, uh, in Shravaka teachings, then Li is just this fine. Yeah. If we go through all the Bodhisattva's teachings, then many times Li, wow, whole chapters are, wow, got this power, that power, all. Yeah, here I just list out this fine. Oh. So the first is faith. Yeah, faith. So faith and confidence. Faith and confidence. So faith and confidence in what? Faith and confidence comes in three, uh, three. Uh, in a way, you can say stages, or in three ways. Yeah. Faith. Uh, in in what is being taught. Yeah. I'll give an example, okay? Then, second, faith in the uh, benefits of what is being taught. Then, thirdly, faith in ourselves. So, the first one, Sing So, we, we learn about the teachings. Okay. Oh, there is uh, something called 
let's say uh, samatha oh meditate and then you can practice samatha so you learn about the teachings that oh there's this all these methods if you have question mark it may not be easy to even try it out yeah so but in buddhism sometimes you may think oh but i must uh, i must have uh, uh, i must not rely on faith to start uh, so a, a little bit uh, a little bit is helpful and then along the way as we learn more we verify more uh, then the doubt is removed for me i don't take the stand that you all cannot have questions or doubt of course have ma. <laughs> if you have not uh, tried out before of course you're going to have question mark yeah so um, but to have that minimum faith so that you can get started then the second one is sing yoda so first is sing suyo then sing yoda uh, and here i'm only giving example using uh, meditation okay uh, it applies to all the buddha's teaching uh, it says that oh if you meditate then uh, your mind can become free of discursive thoughts and your if you can practice to the point where uh, you can be somewhat uh, withdrawn withdrawn from the senses from eyes nose tongue body and if you can do that for a certain prolonged duration uh, then the mind experiences a very different kind of uh, bliss yeah where bodily you feel very light you feel very supple you feel very nice yeah. and then mentally you are alert yeah but not messy thoughts yeah you're calm but not drowsy ah, yeah, it's very, uh, and some would say the whole experience is high yeah when you hear about it, sure not. <laughs> yeah. The benefits. If you are, if you have too much doubts, a bit of question mark, hmm, seems quite incredible. Okay, no problem. Yeah. To begin with, how to be how how can we believe that you can practice until you are quite withdrawn from the senses? Ah yes, no some body. But in many classes when I do the thought experiment to shut off the senses, most don't realize that when we sleep, we actually do that every single night. Every single night, your senses, the first five senses all shut off. Yeah. The trouble is, our mind never shut off. So we dream here, dream there, dream here, dream there. Yeah. Then after the dream, then we have no dreams, then we forget about the dream. Sometimes we can remember, sometimes we forget. So when we wake up, if we cannot remember, then what happened? We wonder, how come today uh, never sleep well? Yeah. So feel so tired. Uh. Yeah, especially when you have dreams throughout the whole night. When you wake up you feel like wow, it's not one night, uh, it's a few weeks. <laughs> you go around the world for a few few days, few weeks. So, um, in fact, through many ways, you can, uh, before you even meditate to that point, you can at least intellectually uh, 
be convinced that okay, it is technically possible. A question of whether we can do it. Uh, and then after that, you may then have the confidence that hmm, uh, maybe the, the, the venerable, the teacher, give you different, different examples of how it's like. Uh, then you may, okay, seems to make sense. Uh, you may have some confidence. These two parts, what is the use of this? If you don't have this confidence, the second one gives you motivation to do it. The first one gives you confidence in this way to do it. Yeah. But there's a last part. Yes? Second one is single. Yes. What is the English word? Uh, confidence that of the of the uh, merits and the benefits. So there's a third one that is required. Sing Yonan confidence in your own ability. If you don't have confidence in yourself then you may admire the result. You may admire and, and hope that you can do it, but you think, I, I think cannot. Yeah, and especially for meditation, sometimes yeah, you go for a class, you go for a retreat, you sit, 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 then you open your eyes, you see, wow, everybody, wow, not moving. Then you close your eyes, then you try again. Then actually, let me tell you, you all take turn. <laughs> Yeah, after you close your eyes, then another person open their eyes. Oh, how come everybody not moving? Oh. Then another one open up. How come everybody not moving? Oh, then feel very bad about yourself. <laughs> but actually, all of you take time to open your eyes and shift your stress. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's through this process that we overcome our, uh, our usual tendency. Our usual tendency is to move both physically and mentally. Nothing wrong with moving, yeah? but it's to train the mind to learn not to move. <coughs> Only when, because we already know how to move, yeah? but when the mind is not able to decide when to stop moving, then what happens? Then your movement is erratic. Your movement is involuntary. My favorite example, raise your right hand. See some of you don't want to raise your right hand. <laughs> Put down your hand. Yeah. See, is, is it involuntary? You see, you're under my control. When I ask you to raise your hand, you raise your hand. <laughs> now raise your left hand. For those who don't want to raise your hand, you are still under my control. Why? Because after all, what I said, you stop raising your hand. <laughs> In fact, when you raise your right hand and your left hand, it is both voluntary, isn't it? Like it was just a suggestion, you accepted that suggestion, then you raise your hand. Instead, if now, if now Sifu just think about it, then you are attending class, you're listening, then suddenly your hand, then you didn't notice, you're talking to your friend, then your friend hand like that. Then your friend said, hey, how come your, what's wrong with your hand? Then, huh? How come my hand go up? Uh, then that is involuntary. If you, if your 
hand itself, using the hand as an example, if you uh, if you cannot control movement and non-movement, then it is not your ability. Only when you can learn to move or to stop, then that is considered your ability. The same goes for our mind, the same goes for our speech. So, uh, in some classes, I have ever given students the, the homework. For one week, yeah, in that class, a lot of them are mothers. So, I give them a very tough exercise. I say for one week, no matter what you see, don't comment. I'm not saying that mothers are very... Uh, but because mothers have to take care of the children, so tendency is they will tendency la I don't say all. Okay. Some mothers are quite steady, they don't yeah. So after one week uh, I asked them about the exercise. Children get wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but before we finish the class I told them uh carpet enter if it is life and death, you must say something. Other than that, don't say anything. See what happens. So after one week, uh, most of them forgot about <laughs> the homework. <laughs> so most of them didn't do. A handful of them did. But from the handful of them who did, um, I think all of them found it difficult. So I told them this. I said, uh, that, that's correct. If you found that it's easy, then you're probably missing something. <laughs> yeah, why? Because our tendency is, when we see something, we have a most people have a tendency to comment. So, what is wrong with commenting? Uh, this is the same thing. If we see something and we must comment, that means we actually don't have the ability to comment because it has become like a reflex. You must say something. If you must say, then, then you, it means that you don't have the capacity to not say. So if you can learn to not say something for a week, then I, I don't say that we master it, but at least we learn that, ah, for any situation, there's a choice not to say. Then, together with our usual ability to say something, then that ability to say something becomes actually deeper. Because now, when you see something, you have a choice to say or not to say. Then that is your ability. Meditation is the same thing. Yeah. Meditation is the same thing. It's our inner thoughts. Our inner thoughts is also in the sutra, it says our thoughts are, are basically a form of speech. Yeah. So, what we call speech is the is the thoughts that is being expressed outwards. So, seeing, oh, still at sing. So, if you can have the confidence and try it out, then one day you succeed. Ah, okay. Then you can experience the full fruits, then that faith can transform. 
your faith becomes affirmed by your own experience. It's no longer blind faith. It's no longer conviction based on that person. Yeah. It's not no longer simply because the Buddha says so, Sufu says so, everybody says so, so it is so. No. Yeah. It is because you have experienced it yourself. So sing sing. Yeah. So you can see how it's linked. With that faith, then you may learn more. Learn more, you have more faith. And then if you have confidence in the merits, the benefits, <coughs> then it will give you that uh, effort. It will give you that vigor uh, to want to go and do it. Uh, so if you were to sing, sing, uh, this is in brief, uh, so if, uh, if you go into details, then it's about how we deal with wholesome and wholesome thoughts. Nian, mindfulness. Yeah. And again, in brief, mindful of the bodies, feelings, mind, and mental object. Nian, oh sorry, sing, sing, nian, then think. So this is the interesting part. In the Pali Canon itself, nian uh, is always preceding ting. Then, culminating hui. So, Mindfulness always precedes concentration, then culminating in wisdom. In the five powers within 37 factors of enlightenment, in the noble info path, in all the teachings it's always like that. Yeah. But nowadays, we seem to, in a way, jump the gun more. Mindfulness, then immediately you get wisdom. Yes? So I have a uh problem of uh, expressing too much. Uh, and worse still is I don't break to express. Oh. That uh, I have uh, urgency to tell my friend or my opinion. Uh, I think the way of saying that Specific to you? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I relate to my example, my personality. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if you do this exercise, it doesn't mean that for your rest of your life you cannot comment on anything. Sure, sure. But uh, one week. Yeah, just for one week. Okay. Mm. And depends on your outcome. Uh. <laughs> Maybe you have to extend for another week. Yes. <laughs> For me, I, most of the time I don't comment anything, even uh. among my colleagues. So sometimes I feel that I like a bit, uh, don't really uh, mix, I mean, don't really get into the subject matter when we are, uh, boss, uh, we are talking or whatever. Uh. So I feel that, like, could it be that it's the, people would think that I'm a, a simply bootstrap type or uh. if I don't comment or not. Okay, good point. So to comment or not to comment? <laughs> to do or not to do? That's the question that will... Huh? Center. <laughs> so, sorry, if uh, you answer, can uh, I also say that uh, uh, I noticed that uh, in general Asians, uh, at, at, say at work, 
the work environment. Uh, when it comes to a situation where um, you need to discuss, mm. a lot of things are very Usually, this upset has become quite upsetting to say uh, at Angkor, oh, yes. uh, where the, the meeting comes to do all the talking, yeah. the Asian do all the listening, yeah. and no comment. Yes. Uh, perhaps it's a, it's, a, it's a characteristic of a certain race, too, of not commenting, or not talking. So, I'm sure you all have heard about the meeting after the meeting. <laughs> in Singapore, uh, Amor usually don't know about this initially. Then later they start to know that we always have a meeting after the meeting. The meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting yeah, is where all the talking is done. The meeting during the meeting, there's no meeting. <laughs> Everybody just, okay, 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 after that. This kind of thing also can suggest cannot one lah. So many times they still ask us for comment. Cannot vote one lah. Still don't ask us. Every time they ask us, we give comments. Also never implement. So we don't bother. <laughs> so this is there are a lot of different cultures that can foster. <laughs> Unfortunately, we Chinese already tend to since young already nurtured not to comment too much. Then by the time you go to the working place, if the working culture is such <laughs> that um, you you comment once, pia, comment twice, pia, no third time. Nobody wants to be slapped three times for commenting. Yeah. Uh, if I can just touch on what she mentioned earlier. So very interestingly, um, so in the classes that I give this exercise, then I also tell them exactly what you ask here. If you are a person who tend not to comment, then your exercise is opposite. Must learn to comment. Just for one thing, learn to comment. You see, when you don't comment, maybe before you do the exercise, you can observe yourself. When people talk, yeah, or you see something happen, you may not comment, but do you have comments in your mind? Uh, we usually would still have comments in our mind. And this is, uh, in a way, I'm letting the cat out of the bag up. Because for many of the students who actually try the exercise not to comment, then they, the one thing that they all observe is that, wow, so many comments in the mind. What thing to say now? Can't wait to say now. Wow, I say call. So, um, the important thing is to Part of the exercise is to realize this tendency that we actually have a, so much thoughts and comments in our mind. Uh, then uh, to learn to uh, hold on to the tap, when to turn on, when to turn off. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with having water coming out, but at the right time you must let it come out. At the wrong time, don't <laughs> let it switch it off. Yeah. Uh, as to as to the cultural thing, um, so uh, in the past four years, I've been teaching at this French business school, and um, I would say that in the four years, I haven't encountered one 
Amon, one French, who is our typical mindset of Oh Amon, very outspoken. Only that day, just yesterday, my last lesson for them for this cohort, one of them spoke out and said that he don't agree with the, the slide. All the while, everybody, all of them just listening. So in one of the <coughs> meeting with the administrator who stayed in France for I don't know how long, many years, he said that actually our idea of Amor uh, tend to be uh, uh, impressed upon by some of those who are here, but may not be reflective of the whole European culture. The, the Chonga Amor is, according to him, more uh, American than anything. That in Europe itself, not all of them are so gung-ho aggressive. Yeah. Uh, from my own experience, last time, the Finnish people, they're very soft-spoken actually. <laughs> yeah. They don't interrupt you during meeting or like, yeah. So the <coughs> usual Amor idea is more the, I don't know, maybe Americans? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Um, for better or worse, yeah, the tendency is whatever they have inside, they must let you here. Number one, number two, they must try to get buying from you. Yeah, even if you don't agree, you must accept that they are like that. <laughs> they like chocolate. They must tell you, oh, I love chocolate. You know how amazing the chocolate was. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm a bit exaggerating, right? But I think about it. it yeah, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong or what, but we all have different <laughs> tendencies. Uh, hang on, uh, if I may, the, the downside is that um, this kind of culture may not go down well with other cultures, not always. Yeah, not always. Yeah. For example, <coughs> traditionally in Singapore, all the while since, since young, there are people who are uh, long-term vegetarian. There are many of us who are vegetarian only twice a, a month, first and the fifteenth, and there's no issue. All the while, vegetarian and non-vegetarian live harmoniously. Yeah, but the moment Americans are vegetarian, oh, they must tell the whole world about it. Yeah, they must tell the whole world about why. Hey, why are you not a vegetarian? Why are you not? You are vegetarian only. Uh? You should be a vegan. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know how animals are being killed? I think, on one hand, I appreciate that they bring out this truth, yeah, the truth behind uh, abattoirs. But on the other hand, that kind of aggra uh, militant, aggressive style right, has pushed many people who used to be like uh, anti-valent about it to become, to take the other step. When you are too strong, then people feel like uh, although on a daily basis they not may not eat much meat also, and then who cares about what you eat anyway? But this kind of very militant style caused some people to like, why why are you a vegetarian? Ah, so so yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so sometimes. Uh, uh, so, uh the five power Xing Xing Yan Ding Hui Xing 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 is diligence. Diligence or effort. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, the five powers. So in the text, in the teachings, these two, these actually usually come in a pair. Yeah. Here it only talks about the power. Power is actually the result already. 
in many cases they talk about wu gen gen wu li and this these two um, are actually the same five roots and five towers the roots five roots and five towers are referring to the same thing but it is saying that uh, when you cultivate the five roots to have the five powers what does it mean? initially you don't have faith so you cultivate faith then you have faith initially you don't have uh, uh, diligence so you work on diligence yeah? you cultivate in various ways you learn more about teachings you learn about the benefits then you have faith you have uh, uh, effort and then you come out with a regime, you, you apply yourself, just apply yourself, and then you have effort. Uh, initially, you don't have mindfulness, you learn about what mindfulness is. Then you do accordingly, and gradually, it becomes a new habit that you have to be mindful. Yeah, so, the, the cultivation is the roots, uh, cultivate it. When you are cultivating it, it's considered the roots. Then, when you have uh, reached, uh, you are successful, uh, then it is known as a power. Why is it called a power? Because it can do something. When you have faith, then it dispels doubts. Then it becomes a source for your effort to arise. A sustained effort. Short-term effort, okay. But for sustained effort, you need to have that faith. Yeah. Then, <coughs> when you have diligence, then it dispels something. Yeah. It dispels yeah, your tendency to slack to be lazy yeah. and then also to uh, when you slack then it can give rise to defilements yeah. so when you have energy as a power or diligence as a power then it has the ability the function to overcome your defilements yeah. mindfulness similarly you can uh, overcome its corresponding like for example <coughs> uh, if you don't practice mindfulness then your mind can be all over the place. Huh? Yeah. Uh, it is not collected. Uh, you are not able to give rise to concentration. But if you can, then you can overcome distractedness and it can give rise to concentration. With concentration, the, the mind is further purified. Yeah. <coughs> then you can further overcome the hindrances. Overcoming the hindrances, your your mind can reach first jhana, second jhana, and so on, and then it can give rise to wisdom. Initially, you don't have wisdom. You learn the teachings. You have knowledge of the wisdom. Then you reflect on the wisdom. You have the understanding of the the truth. Yeah. Initially, just knowledge of the truth. Then you reflect on it. You have understanding of the truth. Then you cultivate further with the first four powers, yeah, when you have reached out, then you can give rise to wisdom. Then the function of the wisdom, <coughs> when it has reached the point where it is considered a power, huh, it can overcome ignorance. It can overcome defilements. Greed, hatred, and delusion can be overcome. So uh, that's the number four. Wu zhe, uh, si zhe li. 
，五者成熟众生，六者自熟佛法。So, uh, number five, to help bring to maturity sentient beings. Yes. No, no, this one is not inside. This one is. This part is not inside your text. I just now I mentioned. Yeah. If it's inside your text, then something is wrong. How come all the words different? Yeah, it's different. This is, this is uh, this. What we are covering here is related to this part. Yeah, more way to share to. Uh, right. The 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 whole chunk that is additional, right? Yeah, is related to this. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. More way to share to. Yeah, that the Bodhisattva striving on with perseverance. On with Buddhicitta, then he will not uh, go against the various uh, learnings, yeah, the various fields of learning. Yeah. Then, previously I just mentioned in brief, Jie Ding Hui. So there's a lot, actually a lot. Uh. So today I just share with you seven different types of uh, learning and practices, learning one. Uh, that the Buddhist are talking about. So, Wuzha, number five, to bring to maturity sentient beings. Chen Shu Zhong Shen. So, it means to guide them, to teach them, to bring them to spiritual maturity. When a when the Buddha arrives in this world, the sentient beings, the sentient beings must be ready. If there's no sentient beings that is ready, the Buddha will not appear in this world. So, uh, what does this mean? Buddha cannot independently appear as a Buddha. This is the, this is the, to me. This is one of the few amazing things I I learned in in the Dharma. For all religion, you know, in all religion, the divine being, happy happy one to appear appear. I mean, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, or whether it's true or false. But in all religion, the divine being has complete authority. I want to come, I come. I don't want to come, I don't come. But in Buddhism, Buddhas don't do that. Buddhas don't make the claim that they can do that also. In fact, the Buddha explicitly asserts that Buddhas only appear when they are conditioned. So even if the appearance of Buddhas is in line with the truth that he has discovered. So he don't say, oh, I discovered this truth about this world, but uh, when you reach my stage, uh, when you reach my stage, you can violate that. No, he says the truth is the truth. Even nobody can violate it. Even Buddhas cannot violate the truth. <laughs> and the, and which is that everything requires condition. So even the Buddha appearing need condition, 
and even after he appeared, for him to teach and function as a Buddha, to do Buddha work, which is to liberate sentient beings, requires condition. Yeah, requires condition. And so one of the conditions is sentient beings. Yeah. Uh, so Bodhisattvas must do this. You cannot just cultivate yourself, yeah, which is the next one. Yeah. You must also bring to maturity not just yourself but also sentient beings. So it's teamwork now. So for when we learn this, then you have a different appreciation of Buddhahood. Then you realize that for each Buddha to arise is a group effort, you know. Everybody coming together for a Buddha to arise. So then uh, some students have ever asked, Hey Sifu, how come we're not born in Buddha's time? How can we be born in Buddha's time? I must contribute to this group effort. This is a group project, you know. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, it is, uh, in a way, it's fortunate. Why do I say that? Initially, I say unfortunately. I say unfortunately, you cannot just try to car carry favor your way into being selected. Uh. It depends on conditions also. What is the condition? If you uh, associate and learn uh, with the uh, learn the teachings, uh, then you you join the project. The unfortunate thing is uh, being unenlightened. Today we learn, tomorrow we don't learn. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean that tomorrow, you, Saturday, then you don't learn, then it's wrong. I mean. Uh, we may learn for a duration, uh, for three years we learn. Then you encounter some, some challenges in your life or some encounter. Uh, you get scolded by someone new or something happened. Uh, then you lose faith. Ah, forget it, don't okay. <laughs> uh, But the good news is, whatever, even if you just learn for one day, that, that one day of, of wholesome uh, roots is planted. The seeds are planted. Of course, if you just plant one day and then you forget about it for three asankeya kalpa, then it may take a long time. Uh, but if you were to always take care of it, it's like a plant. Just keep taking care of it. Recently, I have a very interesting experience. Uh, people buy uh, manga, jackfruit. Then after eating, we Chinese, everything also eat. The manga seed, we also go and steam it and then cut it. It's actually quite nice. Huh? So, but I don't do that. I put it into water and then it grows, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a plant now. So, some of the visitors, they look at it and they say, well, you're going to grow a tree. Huh? Jackfruit tree, you know, not plant. <laughs> so, uh, a few weeks ago, the plant uh, sprouted and then have many leaves and after that after a while they seem to like there was a period of time uh, I think during the when there are retreats uh, then I cannot be there to water but then when I come back the leaf before that was like that when I come back it's like that <laughs> still green but it's like that uh. oh, then I come jump uh. oh, water uh. after a few days still like that 
Then I think there was a period where it came on raining, so not enough sun. <laughs> then somebody suggested to give me some uh, orange peel for fertilizer. So, but I don't know how to use it. I just want throw everything inside. Well, after a lot of wood, no? a lot of snow fly, or whole kitchen wash. Then I said, never mind, I just bear with it. After a few days, the smell is gone, but then, then I observe, wow, two of the pots, the leaf start to dry up from the edge, dry, 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 until the, the, the stem, eh, hold it down. Then one day I thought, maybe I'm not using the the what do you call that the orange peel correctly so I remove some of it and throw away yeah within a few days eh, the the green start to grow grow back no? but so far I haven't fully extend because I think the leaf is too dry to recover then these few days eh, new sprouts come out you know quite amazing yeah, new sprouts come out so, the, I mean, manga seed is not Buddhichitta. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But in many ways, the Buddha came on using seeds as an example. As long as you plant that seed, it just keep on working on it. Uh, don't worry. Sustain it, nourish it. Yeah. You must persist. You must persevere. Cannot give up. Until ultimately, uh, then you must bring to maturity all the Dharma, Buddha Dharma in you. Then only then are you qualified to reach the last one. Yeah. To go through the whole process and then attain to uh, unsurpassed enlightenment. Then in future, you become known as the Buddha. Yeah? Uh, maybe, maybe Angry, maybe YY, uh, maybe Doreen, what's your name? Jean. Maybe Jean, maybe Quack, maybe Peifang, maybe uh, Bo Biling, uh, then Bian. Uh, what's your name? Also Mei Yen, also three Mei Yen. <laughs> uh, two Mei Yen, two, two Mei Yen. Yeah, Mei Yen, and then? Uh, Floyd. Huh? Floyd. Floyd, ah. oh, you are Floyd. Sarah, you all text me on Facebook, I don't know who they are. Floyd, and then? Kara. Kara. Oh, you are Kara. Okay, then? What's your name? What's your name? Ellen. 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 And then? Maybe all of you, all of you attend Buddhahood. Then you tell your disciple. Remember to tell your disciple. Long time ago, <laughs> there was this monk who, who teach, teach, who was giving this class called Ru Pusa Singlun. Then maybe after that, you all say, and that, at that point in time, I was so and so. And that monk who was giving teaching, 
uh, he's the he's the disciple in front here sleep still sleeping. <laughs> Who knows? Uh? Who knows? So so we uh, all have a, a peaceful weekend. And we all have the conditions to be of benefit to yourself and to others. If attending this series of classes, plant the seeds, regularly plant the seeds yeah, for future Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi.